This is Hearts of Oak Podcast. Free speech, religious disagreement, children's rights, and open and free discussion on any topic are bedrock to a democratic free society, and we seek to promote and champion these basic rights. Join us. Let's keep the conversation going. Lanny, it's wonderful to have you back. You were with us, it was bang on two months ago, because it was actually the first time we were streaming on War Room. So thank you so much for coming back and rejoining us. Thank you for having me. I've just uh, retweeted the tweet, <laughs> put that out there. I always forget how many platforms you're on. <laughs> yeah, you, lo- you lose track. It's all good fun. Catch people everywhere. But one platform we are not generally on, and not on tonight, is YouTube, because I wouldn't do that to you, Lilani. Definitely wouldn't. <laughs> would have to worry about everything we said it's not worth it but um we'll jump in the first thing i just wanted to start with um yep we're there war room great to have you war room posse thank you for joining us uh, 3 p.m eastern time or 12 p.m pacific standard time uh, so thank you so much for being with us i think the first thing i just want to just in-house is the event we have coming up on the 12th of December. Um, And it is, is it going to come up? It's maybe not even going to come up. It is, there it is. Goodness, that takes a while. Um, We are going to have a live event with Carl Benjamin and Andrew Bridgen, Andrew Bridgen MP, the one that's spoken up against vaccine harms, and Carl Benjamin, obviously Lotus Eaters. Uh, Many of you will watch Lotus Eaters podcast every uh, every day, Monday to Friday at one o'clock, and they're joining us for an evening, a get-together, in-person event, hold the line, challenge the narratives and Andrew Bridge in there his uh, post for 13 years I've tried to challenge the narrative in Westminster from Brexit to vaccine harm more recently opposing the WHO and the sexualization of our children we all need to hold the line wherever we are in parliament I face a wall of opposition I look forward to an evening of conversation and most importantly your questions on Tuesday the 12th of December and Carl had uh, tweeted this should be a spectacular event i think it's worth talking about britain as a country occupied by various forces and what we can do to push back so there is a lot to discuss a lot uh, on that and i just also want to bring up uh is it it this uh let me share this which is uh i'm doing two things at once and it's, is it going to come up? No, it's our code. Um, maybe Projam can bring that up. I think it's the last one. Uh, Hearts of Oak 15. Uh, that's Hearts with a capital H and Oak with a capital O. Hearts of Oak 15. That'll give you 15% off uh, for the evening. We we have to charge because it's not easy getting London venues. Uh, me, when we roll it out across the country, we can do it even cheaper. Uh, but it's the first one, David Vance and myself. So um, that is about it. Let's jump on to the stories. Uh, Pujam, can you bring up story? We'll start with uh, story two. Uh, Dublin riots. Uh, immigration's complicated role in growing Ireland's far right, which is a a word that I think many of the media like to use. Uh, What were your thoughts whenever you saw what was happening there in Dublin, Lilani? 
Well, first and foremost, I obviously saw the stabbing of the children, which was absolutely horrific. Um, and what was crazy to me is suddenly the media kind of put that to the side and just started talking, you know, about protests and this far right element. So when I woke up the next morning, you know, I'm there trying to look and find out who is this guy? Where is he from? How long has he been in the country for? What's his background? What's his motive? There was nothing. It was just about the protesters that had come out. Um, and, you know, they obviously caused trouble. I, it, you know, I did compare it a little bit to BLM. It hasn't lasted as long as that. You know, it was a night of anger and then it did quieten down. Um, you know, I don't ever condone behavior like this, you know, setting things on fire. But, you know, people are getting very, very angry um, and they're getting angry about not having, you know, having a really incompetent government, really, in, uh, you know, who, 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 they're just not helping the people at all. And then you see the media start using far right all the time. So it, it kind of makes it, diminishes it, makes it a worthless a worthless phrase. And so you think to yourself, are they really far right? Or is this just the media jumping on something again, trying to divert away from, you know, the incompetence of the government, just incompetent, bad security, just everything that's going wrong and, and, and trying to divert the attention again. Yeah, and I, uh, growing up in Ireland in, in the 80s, uh, end of the 70s, all the 80s, uh, and it's a very different place than it is now, and part of the issue is unlimited immigration. And, of course, Ireland, English-speaking, uh, good universities, uh, on the edge of Europe, it kind of fitted in, ticked a lot of boxes for uh, big tech for farm industry, a lot of it. Um, and it's that mass immigration, but it's also come not only from uh, maybe US, but it's also come from Africa and Asia. Mm -hmm. And that's completely messed up, I think, the balance of Irish life and society. I think the problem is as well is when you have people from a lot of different cultures that don't know how to, you know, assimilate into the cult or maybe don't even want to. You know, my mum came over from the Philippines, but, you know, I laugh because sometimes she's more English than an English person. She wanted to be part of the UK. She wanted to live the British way. That's why she came. If she wanted to live, you know, the way they live there, then, then she would have stayed and she didn't. She wanted to come. She wanted to be part of um, England and in the English in, in the English ways and the British ways and have British friends. Um, and and that's the problem. There's a lot of there's a there's this clash of cultures. And I don't think a lot of these people understand the way it works here, nor do they want to, you know, live the way we kind of live. Yeah, not completely. Um, let's, uh, again, another one that uh, got reposted a lot. I don't know why it's taking so long for the stories to come up. Um, was uh, Sky News. And, of course, Sky News were talking about uh, far-right also. Uh, Dublin stabbing uh, far-right protests after Girl 5, among three children, attacked in broad daylight near school. Um, and, I mean, people are... Angry, and you're right, and we'll touch on one or two other things that were said. But is this immediately labeling people who are angry at something that's happened to their country as far right? That demonizing frustration and mocking and ridiculing it. And I think we see it time and time again, but you certainly saw it a lot over what's happened in Dublin. 
Yeah, exactly. So this is Chaya that I reposted. And yep. she's actually, I think she's the founder of Libs of TikTok, isn't she? Yes. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. And, and this is what, you know, I'm saying. So if you go out and you protest what's happened and you're really angry about what's happened and you're trying to look for answers, all of a sudden you're called far right. You know, and I've been called far right many times, which is really funny because I put on this little meme of how I've suddenly become this far right person by 2023. And my politics really hasn't changed. You know, um, you know, I'm still exactly where I was, but the left have just gone so far to the left that, you know, it's like where am I now? Oh, all these people suddenly think I'm really far right. And it's been happening over, you know, it's over over a decade and a half it's been going on you know the, this like really crazy movement and the scary thing is that if there was you know this sudden rise of the far right like there has been the rise of the far left then we're not going to see it because it's like the boy who cried wolf they're just calling everybody far right that it means nothing so if there are a few far right people out there people are going to ignore it because they're like oh it's just the media you know painting everyone with the same brush again so yeah. you know you know that's the worry and what you also see is there is people just feel so disenfranchised they feel like the government isn't representing them in any way that I can see how there could start to be other extremes that pop along because they're so angry and they're so frustrated. But again, in this circumstance, I don't believe it was far right protesters. I believe it was people who were very, very angry by the stabbing of three children and rightly so. Yep, 100%. Well, let's look at what uh, the Irish Prime Minister, Irish Taoiseach, uh, who is an awful individual? Um, you'd posted on Twitter, Lilani, and your obviously your Twitter handle is there on the screen. Imagine focusing on protesters, but not the children stabbed. Let's let's play. Uh, I I do apologise having to play Leo Varadkar, uh, the Irish PM, but here he is. Projam, can you just play that? Is it going to play? No, no, no. Okay, I will try and play it. Oh, we're having a lovely technical <laughs> evening this evening. Did you love it? <laughs> One thing I will say is I'm so glad you're Irish because I was Googling his name and how to say that T-shot. I'm like, it's like T-shot. <laughs> and then I was Googling how to say his name and, and bringing up all the pronunciation. And I didn't even need to do it because you'll hear Irish. <laughs> you say it for me. I, I tell you, he is a shock to the Irish nation. That's what he is. But T-shot, it, it's so strange. Hey, let me, let me try again second time lucky to all those cowardly champions of ireland who took to the streets of dublin last night let me say one thing ask your sisters ask your friends ask everyone you know what they fear most on our streets they're afraid of you afraid of your anger and your rage afraid of your violence your hate and how you blame others for your problems as a government we will be relentless in protecting our citizens and defending our people the Guardi will be on the streets in large numbers and will do whatever it takes to fight back waves of ignorance and criminality. The Minister for Justice will coordinate with the Commissioner to ensure we never witness such terrible scenes as the 23rd of November 2023 ever again. 
Wonderful. So um, again, the, the criticism of the, I mean, uh, he's saying the police are suddenly going to come out as if the police weren't out before. And this is, what I'm, I mean, I would fear someone going around stabbing children. That's what I would fear. But it doesn't seem to even come into the psyche that that could be an issue and could be a concern. Well, it's very interesting that this is what's going to bring the police out, isn't it? To have them around. Yeah. So ironically, maybe it worked, you know. But, you know, like I said, I don't condone setting on buildings on fire. I think it was a bus and a train and maybe a building that got set on fire. I don't condone that in any um, in any way. But to make that his focus, like that's what people are scared of. But, you know, when you see all these um, big barriers around Christmas markets, when you yeah. go through the airport and have security, is it because of far-right protesters? Is it because of these people that, that we have these barriers around the Christmas markets and around city centres so you can't drive a, you know, a car through? No, it's not. So for him to completely and utterly deflect like that, it's just, it's, it's insane to me. It's so wrong. It's just, it was mind blowing to me. Like the whole, the whole thing the next day, I'm, I'm, I'm there looking, trying to find answers on how and why these children and, you know, and her, the teacher got stabbed and I can't find it. All I just find is talk of, you know, of the protests, which, you know, was obviously the anger because it happened. Yeah, uh, here's just a, a short. I mean, there are lots of videos uh, off the off the ridge. Here's just uh, one of them. So, um, as oh, as you can see, there there was a lot of that happening. Um, but you're right. The the media then it it kind of you begin to put your tinfoil hat on and wonder what's engineered and what's not. Because mm. obviously when that happens, it gives the state a reason to clamp down with extra controls to arrest people, to target people. Uh, so it, it it does make you wonder. I don't know how far down that rabbit hole you've gone. Oh, yeah. So problem, reaction, solution, you know, yeah. it's like, oh, for, for sure. I mean, look what else he said. I'm going to say he because I don't want to pronounce his name. <laughs> look what else he said, the prime minister. He immediately almost came out and said, look, we're going to um, bring in tougher laws for hate speech. Yeah. Hate speech. Hold on a minute. Children have been stabbed. And instead of, you know, talking about that and, and their response, we're going to bring in tougher rules for hate speech because they don't like the fact that people got really angry because this man was of Algerian descent. So, or, he, you know, he was Algerian. Um, so, you know, it is one of those problem reaction solutions. And to me is I feel like the, they're allowing that, you know, this is not some accident. This is not incompetence. They are allowing... Um, all this immigration, the illegal immigration as well, these young fighting age men into the country, because I personally believe they they want civil unrest, they want this to kind of like explode, and then they can bring their little solutions, like, you know, I think we'll talk about Tony Blair and his ID cards as well. They'll bring all these solutions in to tackle that. The same, I, I truly believe they're allowing the insane amount of shoplifting to go on unpunished in order to start bringing in facial recognition um id cards facial recognition upon walking into shops they're going to let things get really really bad instead of you know policing them 
as as has been done before, they're going to let things get really, really bad to bring in some really extreme, you know, solutions, kind of Chinese style solutions. Yep. Let's another one of your comments on this, and you were with uh, Conor McGregor, which we'll touch on, and then we'll move on to other things outside Ireland. Uh, but David Atherton uh, had put in Australia an Afghan criminal known as FYBR was jailed for trying to have sex with three six-year-old boys. He thought he was doing nothing wrong and in, in immigration tribunal ordered his release in the community with conditions he won't be deported. And we see that time and time again, not being deported. Uh, and you said it's time for street justice when the legal system won't do the right thing. And this is a huge issue. Whenever the system collapses, whenever it fails, whenever you can't trust the courts or the police, uh, what do you do? And we've always given, in the UK, because uh, we don't have guns in the UK like they have in the US and we have given over the right to the police and the courts to look after us and if they don't then what happens in street justice it it does seem to be a conversation that really has to be had in in light of this you know obviously i don't want it to happen that, that you know it gets taken to the street but i would like to see the justice system actually work and this is what i'm talking about people from different cultures and you know i have friends that have served in the military and when they went over this this guy is from afghanistan when they went over to afghanistan they saw our own allies yeah. uh molesting, sexually abusing, raping young boys, and they were told to turn a blind eye. There's documentaries about it. Um, it's been in, from the words of, you know, the US military. But speak to any people in the U, the British military or the US military, and they'll say the th same thing. They were told to turn a blind eye because it's their culture. So he's taking his culture now into Australia, and he thinks it's okay. He thinks, you know, it's the way. It's a little more liberal. He can do what he wants to do there. So, you know, he should have been jailed. He should have been in his detention centre, but he's not. He's not going to be deported. And what happens, you know, I get so angry, so angry when they start messing with children. And, and I think Conor McGregor also tweeted something about this guy who stabbed, you know, someone asked him the question, what do you do? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I mean, it's extreme, isn't it? But... What do you do when you have people that abuse children? And it, it's a tough one. You're going to stick them in jail and pay for them to have a, you know, comfortable-ish life for the rest of their life? I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it's, a, it's a tough one. What do you do? Where do you go with it? 100%. And, and it's so expensive. Uh, it, it seems though someone's put away to be punished, but it's another burden on society because of the yeah. cost. Yeah. yeah, so, the, you know, what's going to happen to this guy now that stabbed these three kids? He'll survive, he'll go to jail, we'll pay for him, you know, for how long? And, and what kind of a person is that to ever be released in society? Somebody that wants to um, kill children. Yeah. Let's move on uh, to uh, what's happening over in... Israel, um, and it was a really interesting interview uh, that was done from Sky News. Let me bring it up. And it kind of uh, will touch on hostages being released, all that. Um, but this was just a, a video clip. Uh, I'll play this and then we'll comment on it. 
I was speaking to a hostage negotiator this morning. He made the comparison between the 50 hostages, hostages that Hamas has promised um, promised to release, as opposed to the 150 prisoners that are Palestinians that Israel has said that it will release. And he made the comp comparison between the numbers and the fact that does Israel not think that Palestinian lives are valued as highly as Israeli lives? That is an astonishing accusation. If we could release one prisoner for every one hostage, we would obviously do that. We're operating in horrific circumstances. We're not choosing to release these prisoners who have blood on their hands. We are talking about people who have been convicted of stabbing and shooting attacks. Notice the question of proportionality doesn't interest Palestinian supporters when they are able to get more of their prisoners out. But really, it is outrageous to suggest that the fact that we are willing to release prisoners who are convicted of terrorism offenses, more of them than we are getting our own innocent children back, somehow suggests that we don't care about Palestinian lives. Really, that's a disgusting accusation. Um, neither uh, a, a whole lot of areas to go uh, on this, but um, maybe first of all, what's happened? Because there seems to be a a, a deal for a, a ceasefire uh, with a number of hostages released. So, uh, what um, kind? Of, what, what were your thoughts on all of this? It is such a big one. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Right, first, I'm just going to talk. I'll, right, I could go into all that because it's you know it start it's it's been going on for so long now and obviously you know i absolutely condemn the terrorist attacks i call hamas terrorists you know um it's it's absolutely horrific am i glad people are talking about releasing hostages absolutely and a ceasefire as well because you know nobody wants to see um any any more children getting killed any, anyone with a heart, and, and it, you know, it's really hard because there's, you have to be so careful because this has been going on for so long. There's a lot of motion involved on both sides. So I'm really, you know, I, and I don't know the history. So, you know, I can only say how, you know, I feel about seeing certain images and some's propaganda, some's not. But I do remember seeing, you know, the initial videos coming out on on um, on the October the 7th. And it was just... I was up at 6 a.m. before the police had arrived and and the army and and I saw some of the videos and it was absolutely um, atrocious. Mm. So anyway, if I go back to that video, the mental gymnastics needed to try and use that as a take that because three Palestinians are going for every one Israeli that somehow they're not as valuable. They're like, how can you even do just? I'm sure Israel didn't want to release any of yeah. the people they had, you know, or maybe one for one because they had agreed in such awful circumstances to release three for one does not mean that they don't value the lives. How I don't even understand how she could have even, even if she was told to ask that question, how could you actually agree to ask that question? And his face was kind of like mine when I heard it. I just, you know, I was absolutely, I was absolutely astonished by it. But yeah, you know, as I said, the whole, everything going on, it's just it's so much more than we could talk about in a couple of minutes, especially, you know, for me not being really up to what's been going on for the last, you know, 70 years plus. Yeah, I've, uh, I've been, I've been intrigued talking to 
individuals. And I guess over the last four years, three and a half years, uh, we've got to rub shoulders of people we didn't necessarily have have got to know. Um, and it's a, that's a whole strange mix, that whole freedom movement, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and it's been interesting, the, the yeah. conversations. It's if, I mean, Israel didn't, asked for this they were attacked right and then and then you get weird conversations that um that it was israel who did it but simply uh to look at their two sides and i'm always surprised by the media having the side of uh of one which is those in gaza and yet don't seem to be as concerned about well next door they're normal human beings living their lives as well and both sides should be able to live in peace but that conversation doesn't really seem to come out right and it's really scary that it's come over to here to not even israelis just jewish people in general getting attacked you know then we see the pro-palestine marches and you know if it was for peace if there was a march for peace i would absolutely be there but when they chant anti-semitic things or they will not condemn hamas you know, it's not something I would want to be part of. Um, and then when they're there, you don't hear anything about the hostages, like, you know, freeing the hostages. And that's so important. They were, you know, it was Hamas that came over and took the hostages. Now, you know, there's also a part where you want to ask how in the world did Israel with all of this intelligence, how was it able to happen? And where were the army? And why did it take six hours? Um, and it's very worrying that you're not allowed to have ask those questions and have that conversation. And if you do, you can get labeled as anti-Semitic. Um, even, you know, I have a lot of Israeli friends and, and and they've had problems when they've asked the questions. And, you know, I'm sure as an Israeli person, you want to know where was the army? Why, why did it take six hours for them to get there? How did they breach this? Because, you know, you're putting all your trust into, um, into, you know, the, the army and the um, border protection and, and what have you. Um, and also another thing one of my um, Jewish friends pointed out to me is like, you know, they talk about the Iron Dome and, and Hamas always firing rockets and what have you. And they talk about this Iron Dome as though it's some, uh, uh, people, I don't know what they think. They think it's some big force field, but really it's like a rocket intercepting another rocket. Cause I've always wondered how it worked. It's yeah. so the rockets are fired and another rocket intercepts it. But that debris goes somewhere. There is no force field that protects it. So there's always debris kind of raining down on Israel and it can damage buildings, cars, people, you know, people have been hurt by it. So, you know, it is something that's ongoing. And there was kind of, you know, I guess there was people say there was a ceasefire until this all um, kicked off again on, on the 7th. And I mean, it was it was hor horrific, absolutely horrific. But, you know, I... I'm, I'm glad there's a ceasefire and I hope they stick to it. Um, but I did just read, like literally just before I got on here, that um, Hamas are refusing to release 14 hostages now because um, not enough, they, they say not enough aid has come in. But, you know, it's like... Yeah. Try and keep your sides. If, you know, this is... If, if, if keep... I thought it was about the hostages and, and you know, getting their prisoners back. Because in, in one weird way, I understand why you would want to have the hostages as as barter. Um, and Israel and um, I don't even call them 
Palestinians because that's uh, I don't and that's a whole other discussion. But the the Arabs living in in Gaza, it's completely different military, different area. So I understand they want to fight on their terms. But um, yeah, we'll we'll certainly watch this. And of course, the big fear is, and we've had Bridget Gabriel on talking to her about whether it goes bigger and whether it begins to expand and put other countries in, which is the um, which is the fear. But I'm sure um, next Saturday I'll also be discussing this as it's going to run and run. Um, but let's go somewhere closer to home. Uh, and the one and only, the beloved uh, Tony Blair, let's <laughs> listen to him at the World Economic Forum. This gives a, an insight of uh, kind of where we are all heading. The technology and the digital infrastructure, I just want to emphasize how important I think that is. Because in the end, you, 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 you need the data. You need to know who's been vaccinated and who hasn't been. Some of the vaccines that will come on down the line will be multiple There'll be multiple shots. So you've got to have, for, for reasons to do with the healthcare more generally, but certainly for uh, a pandemic or for, um, for, for vaccines, you've got to have a proper digital infrastructure. And many countries don't have that. In fact, most countries don't have that. Well, it's, it's wonderful that they've planned all this out. Uh, but I've, um, I think some people in the UK may have thought, well, Tony Blair's gone away but his foundation is extremely powerful influential mm-hmm. and uh he's obviously there at the wf uh, ex- expressing his view of of control um i guess you've no love lost for tony blair lilani you know he should be in jail he's a war criminal he he is absolutely evil why does this not surprise me and you know do you know he was touted about a couple of weeks ago i think as as um being put forward for a humanitarian role um, in, in, for Palestine. In, uh, sorry, it was Israel said to, seeking to appoint UK's Tony Blair as yeah. Gaza humanitarian coordinator. I mean, what is this? This guy is pure evil. He lied about, you know, to get us into the war with Iraq. He lied about weapons of mass destruction. He's just an awful, horrific person. And... Um, you know, it's again, it's problem, reaction, solution, isn't it? He, he's he's talking about these digital IDs now. He's been wanting these for absolute ever. Um, now he's trying them with a the vaccine. You know, he's talking about there. We should we need to know who's been vaccinated. No, we we don't. Why? Why with the absolutely rubbish COVID vaccines? And you know that was the problem. I said, I kind of knew this was going to be the way as soon as they locked us down i'm like they're never going to let us out until they start handing out these vaccines and then they're going to use the vaccine to um bring in these other controls so um you know and and obviously they know he's talking about there about needing to know and obviously why is that to restrict our travel to restrict the way we can live our lives if we're not part of you know their plan, or we're not we're not playing along with it. So it's much harder to um, get into. The, well, maybe it's not if you know what you're doing, but it's much harder to, you know, fake something on your digital ID than it is to hand over like show some kind of fake bit of paper. So that's that's what's very um, scary about him, and also really scary that he's getting involved now with um, the Israel and Palestine conflict. Yeah, and I. Uh, the whole issue of 
vaccine passports, digital ID, uh, center bank digital cards. I, w- I was having this conversation this morning because I, I work for Lord Pearson and have done part-time for like a decade. And I was discussing this whole digital ID and CBDCs. Um, and uh, he was saying, well, is it, really, is it really that big a deal? And I realized that a lot of people, they just don't see it as a problem. It's just logical advancement and that's just where we end up and the big worry is that it slips in completely unnoticed because people aren't aware well this is the problem isn't it that it is going to slip in unnoticed because people don't understand the ramifications of having uh digital passports and digital ids that are then linked to you know your health your medical records um so you know next time they want to lock us down because we're not you know there's some virus or what have you, they can restrict our movement. They could potentially link it to the CBDCs, restrict um, where we can pay for things. Yeah. I mean, it will be like a social credit system. Oh, Lulani and Peter have been speaking bad about uh, and against the narrative on social media. Let's give them a little strike on their digital IDs. Let's, you know, because this all happens in China. It's not some, you know, made up thing. Yep. This is this is something that's actually going on in the world right now. It just happens to be in another part of the world. Um, so if people don't take heed of that and understand what it means long term, then we're going to be in a lot of trouble. Yeah. And let's go on because following on from what Blair was saying about uh, from the scandemic that actually they're going to pull stuff. Here is Alan Miller uh, from Together Declaration talking about the COVID inquiry to, I'm sorry, you have to look at Julia Hartley Brewer for a little bit, but anyway, listen to Alan. He makes much more sense than Julia does. Here's Alan. Unfortunately, Julia, the COVID inquiry has not started out with the correct terms to reference. They're not asking the right questions. The first one, the paramount one is, why would there ever a lockdown should lockdowns ever occur what is the merit of it and then the next one is how do you assess and evaluate the cost benefit uh, is it being presented to the public in an honest way instead we've had spin and yarn and nudge and lies and spies uh, and uh, censoring and so what we've got is a situation where we've got an enormously expensive costly time-consuming inquiry that ends up going to look like it's what it's going to say is that what we should have done is lock down sooner, earlier, harder and longer. A travesty when you think there's over 7 million people waiting for the NHS. I don't even know, Alan, how they could have come to that conclusion. And we know they are going to come to that conclusion because they're not looking at any facts and figures. Now, I'm willing to allow that there are a load of uh, documents people are giving in their evidence, you know, and actually... Right, we'll remove Julia. Sorry, I can't listen to Julia. Um, So it's... Again, this COVID inquiry is going on. I actually was reading today that it's actually going to be the most expensive inquiry of all time in British history. Um, I think Sunday Bloody Sunday inquiry was around 200 million. And the figures for the COVID inquiry so far are 100 million. And it's just started. And it just seems to be a, a scheme for legal mm-hmm individuals to make money without actually discovering anything and i'm sure there'd be no oops we got it wrong we're sorry well exactly i th- i agree with you and i agree with alan i think it's absolutely right i haven't paid much attention to it because i know the outcome you know yeah. all of these things that alan was saying he said from the start and i said from the start i was like 
so many more people are going to be harmed by these lockdowns than they're going to save. Why don't we just, you know, anyone who feels vulnerable, um, anyone who's concerned, you know, you stay at home and let everybody else carry on and get on with their lives. Let them be able to provide for their families, um, keep their roofs over their heads, let them be able to get on with their lives, let their children be able to mingle and do what children do and play sport and take part in activities and let the people that feel vulnerable um, or are elderly, you know, shield them. Um, but they won't ever admit it. They, they, the government don't seem to be ever, ever able to admit that they did anything wrong. So they will probably say, oh, we should have just gone harder and just earlier, just like uh, they did in China. And it's it's there's no doubt in my mind they're not asking the right questions and um, you know they'll they'll wangle their way out of every everything and anything that they possibly can they're not going to admit to failure they'll say oh it was you know we just didn't know and um, this is what the scientists told them but like, as Alan said there was so much censorship yeah. they wouldn't let you know the Great Barrington Declaration came out and. They just made sure they censored all of those uh, scientists. They made sure they completely trashed their names and their reputations. And they did it with many, many doctors. And we see it now. There are so many doctors in England who spoke out about it, who've had their careers absolutely completely ruined, whether it's talking, um, speaking against lockdowns or masks or vaccines or any of it. You know, we've seen the censorship. We saw the Twitter files. I myself was um, taken down off Instagram. If they ever did like a meta files, <laughs> my name would be on there because, you know, I, I was I was removed for saying look, this is this is completely and utterly insane. And actually, you don't have to listen to the government. And this is what we can do um, to not comply um and so i got taken down so anybody that will speak against the narrative completely and utterly censored um and i don't think that there's any way that they will ever admit that they were wrong not about the lockdowns and not about the jab not about anything um you know we we know the truth and the truth will always come out but um legally in this case i think it's going to be a lot of money wasted yeah, and I always wonder, uh, th to me, the only reason they're doing this is to give them legitimacy to carry it out again. Yeah. Because uh, th there doesn't seem to be any other reason to actually put this on. You try and put yourself in their mind, why are they doing this? Or they'll say that, oh, you know, the government are so incompetent, let's hand it over to the WHO and let's join their uh, pandemic treaty that they want to push, which will be that, which will be taking everything out of the government's hands, putting it into what the World Health Organization want to do in the next, you know, pandemic or lab leak or whatever you want to, they want to pull from thin air for next time, you know, and, and, and I think that's going to be a huge issue as well. If we don't say no to the WHO pandemic treaty, um, we're going to be in a lot of trouble. But there is hope because a few countries already have. So, you know. Yeah, I think Estonia and New Zealand possibly have, have just said. So, um, yeah, there is there is hope. Um, but yeah, we, we need to 
have autonomy and we need we're not going to follow these rules no one elected any of those who people to tell us how to live our lives in this country none of them have been elected by us they should have absolutely no say in what goes on in the way us british people live our lives that's complete um let's bring um uh Lani, i was i was shocked to see this up uh, this is the type of friends you you connect with conspiracy theorists i i couldn't i couldn't believe it nearly <laughs> you coming on uh this is the daily mail reveal lawrence's fox's girlfriend supported him through his libel trial is conspiracy theorist podcaster who has claimed the moon landings were fake that 9-11 was an inside job um i have no idea whether she does or not um i'm sure there's some points of, of disagreement and you say just watching as they try and do a hatchet job on my beautiful caring lovely friends completely laughable betty's one of the most incredible strong protective mama bears i've ever met um this this is the worst the worst of the media character assassination just for just for views um what when you saw this coming up what were your thoughts you know what? It didn't surprise me um, because that's what they do. But Lizzie, I've known for ages. Um, I've known her years. And then we got back, you know, to hanging out together when we went on the anti-lockdown protests. Um, and, and she was there. Um, and I think through all of the work that she's done, that's how she ended up meeting Lawrence. And to go after her because they hate him it's just despicable. It's, you know, she is such an amazing person. She's actually studying for a law degree. Um, she helps. She she does just so many great things. She's an amazing mother. Um, she's a healthy lady. She looks after herself. She eats well. She works out. She just, you know, she has a very clean living, lovely life. And this is how they're going to... Um, to touch her, it's mad, you know, because she's and she's somebody that asks questions. So they've obviously trawled through everything she's ever said, all her social media. Let's see, you know, what we can what we can um, pick out and, and assassinate her character with, and that's you know that's what they found. And then the worst thing is is that um, then they started saying to her, you know, I've seen comments, really horrible comments, saying that she's in blackface, that she's a cosplay black. But she has a, a father who's black. Um, and this court case, by the way, is, is is to do with Lawrence being called a racist, which is why I bring this up. This is the craziest thing. I think someone called Lawrence a racist and he replied, if I'm a racist, you're a pedo, meaning they're not and yep. he's not. Yep. And now he has this Lizzie whose father is, um, you know, a black veteran. And um, they're trying to say she's not mixed race, that, you know, just the most hideous things about her. Um, and it's, it's all just crazy to me. But luckily, she's a very strong, brilliant lady. And, uh, you know, I think she can just kind of brush it off and, and not take it to heart. It'll be sick, and I, I saw it in politics my time in UK, how they go after uh, family. And it's weird with Laza because sometimes you'll have the mail or the telegrapher kind of promoting him and like what he's doing. And then at other times, they just take him down. And it shows the media don't have any ideology, don't have any belief. It's simply what sells newspapers. And whatever they have to do to do mm -hmm. that, they will do it. 
Exactly. And I mean, you can see it. You could put two articles where the same paper, even sometimes from the same day side by side, and they contradict each other. It's almost like, right, let's get clicks for that. But let's go and say the opposite and also get clicks from that by those people. So, you know, it will be like uh, boiled eggs are great for your heart. Boiled eggs can give you a heart attack. Like it will just it's just ridiculous. And and yeah, that they're just it's just, I guess, whatever side of the bed they wake up on that day or they'll just decide what they're going to whether they'll trash somebody or they might be nice to somebody. But, you know, then they start, I think one of them called him like an intelligent racist. He's an intelligent. <laughs> Is that <laughs> like, better or worse? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's just, it's ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. It really is. Um, but I know that Laws is made of sterner stuff and has yeah. taken everything they've thrown at him so far. So I'm sure this will be no different. Um, let's go all the way to Latin America, down to South America. And it's this uh, huge result. Um, we have seen, actually, we've seen a huge result in, in Europe. And uh, we'll not even really touch on that, but with Gerd Wilders winning uh, the election in the Netherlands, going from 18 seats to 37 seats. Now, of the privilege of meeting Gerd uh, on three different occasions, actually. Um, and that's happened in Europe. That shockwaves through Europe. And then uh, over in South America, uh, in Argentina, Yavermelli, Argentina's far right, of course, it's the usual term, far right, outsider wins presidential election. And it was a, a big, man, it was 56% against 44. It was a runoff. Um, and I mean, I'm quite excited because Argentina, I've been reading a little bit about Argentina's history and I realize some of the economic situation Argentina find themselves in are actually the, the British's fault, if you go back. But actually, uh, and I saw this as a great victory. And then I see some people online who would expect to see this as a victory saying, oh, no, he's just WF. He's just a this or that. And he hasn't even been in the job. How can you already decide? But I, I saw this was a good story. What about you? Yeah. So I think this is, you know, people are acting like this is a big shock that we're going to see some, um, you know, right leaning people. Uh, get elected in like in the Netherlands and like here um I again I saw far right and I'm like uh whatever Must you know and that's the problem and I, I'm not going to say I'm some expert on Argentinian politics <laughs> like overnight. I actually really don't quite know exactly what's going on although I think this is like a good thing again people that haven't felt represented by their leaders people that have felt disenfranchised whatever are going to vote for something very different so you know and, and of course the media are going to call it far right because that's what they seem to do so when I see that now as I said earlier you know I can't take it seriously and and I should probably do a little bit of digging and find out is he really far right but if I read it now in the mainstream media I'm like oh you know it's what they say about Trump supporters so you know it, it, it could mean anybody it could be anybody a little bit right of center so um you know yeah I it, it's and I think it's I think politicians need to actually look at this and realize that they're not that there's obviously um a silent majority here who don't like what's going on and are going to start voting. Now, we actually have a problem in England because our Conservative Party isn't really conservative. It's like literally like 
you know, a soft lane, like conservative in in name only. Um, and so, you know, we do have a problem here because there is no one else that we can vote for that are, that's going to like clamp down on immigration um, and other issues that we're facing, cost of living crisis and, you know, the whole net zero scam that's going on. You know, it's like you've got the conservatives who say they're going to and then you've got Labour who, you know, won't even touch any of those issues and will make life even harder for us so it's like we don't we don't have this option of some you know far right you know right which isn't far right person to vote or people to vote for yeah yeah, no you're right Uh, i saw lots of great videos of him jumping dancing for joy i saw same pictures of gert uh i'll just play just a little clip of him uh, showing what he wants to do. Here's a, a short clip I saw was put up. Equipo y deporte, afuera. Ministerio de Cultura, afuera. Ministerio de Ambiente y Desarrollo Sostenible, afuera. Ministerio de las Mujeres y Género y Diversidad, afuera. Ministerio de Obras Públicas, afuera. Aunque te resistas. Ministerio de Ciencia y Tecnología e Innovación, afuera. Ministerio de Trabajo, Empleo y Seguridad Social, afuera. Ministerio de Educación, Adoctrinamiento, afuera. Ministerio de Transporte, afuera. Ministerio de Salud, afuera. Ministerio de Desarrollo Social, afuera. Se acabó el curro de la política. ¡Viva la libertad, carajo! I mean, can you imagine that happening in Westminster? No. It, no, it would be great, actually. It would be great. The thievery of politicians. Yeah. Out. <laughs> It's so good. Oh, it, but it is exciting whenever countries live. I mean, the mess are in economically, uh, inflation at whatever, 120, 150%, people's savings just disappearing. And, yeah. and then something like that comes in, you think, well, give him a chance at least. I'm sure yeah. he can't do any worse than what's going before. Well, that's the thing. And that I think that's, you know, that is definitely how Trump got in when he got in. And I think, you know, I think we're going to see this more. We're going to see this more because what's happening now is not working anywhere. Yeah, completely. Let's finish off with um, with a, a tweet from, uh, from Andy No uh, on immigration. And it is... Uh, will wait to comes. A Somalian convicted rapist has finally been deported from the UK following eight years of legal battles that nearly that cost taxpayers one million pounds or for war room posse, $1.25 million. Yakub uh, Ahmed was nearly deported 2018, but vacationers in the aeroplane protests at Heathrow Airport, uh, well re- represented by multiple activist lawyers. Uh, the British government has agreed to pay for his extended stay at a luxury hotel in Mogadishu, along with healthcare. Um, I mean, so I, I, saw, I saw a tweet from... Singapore that's uh, 14-year-old, 15-year-olds convicted of shoplifting within 48 hours they were on a flight out of the country. If other people could deal with it, I don't know why we can't. Well, exactly, exactly this. And we need to get, I mean, this is why I think why people voted for Brexit. And then we've got our hands tied by, Is I'm really bad at acronyms, ECR, ECRA. ECHR, European Court of Human Rights, yes. Right, we need or to human be- role. We need to, yeah, exactly. We need to be out of there, out of there, because this kind of stuff is crazy. And I think this is what people get angry about. I don't think that um, 
anyone is angry about some doctor or nurse coming in with all the correct papers who are going to support themselves, who are going to have a job. I don't think this is what people are angry about. Illegals coming in, people that should be deported, that are getting extended stays in here in expensive hotels. And we don't we don't even look after our own people. And we've got these people, you know, being put up and then giving a million pounds yep. of our, you know, our tax, our, what we pay in taxes to support this. And who are these? I remember seeing a video of, of him on the plane and all these passengers standing up protecting him. Yeah, yeah. No, and yep. like, and because of them, someone has been raped. Because of them, a young person, young girl has been raped, and um, and and then all of this to keep him, to you know, to to defend him. It's it's sickening. It's sickening, and this is why people are getting angry. This is this is exactly why people are getting angry. And now, I mean, I don't know if it's true and it's not being confirmed by the papers and I'm constantly, constantly looking for confirmation. But I heard it was a very similar story with the guy in um, Ireland. And I can't confirm that, but I heard that he had had a deportation order years ago, um, but he ended up being allowed to stay. Now, I don't, again, it's what I heard. Maybe it's what caused some of these protests to go ahead in Ireland. But like, Again, we should have all of this information. It's, it's you know, it's been a day or so. We should have this information about the background of this of this person. And, and you know, it, it's a huge event when children get injured like that. And we don't. And, and, you know, this is what causes people to be really, really angry and just to explode. And just to add, I actually, um, while putting these stories together, I came... Uh, saw this link to it just after. So I read Andy's tweet and then thought delve into it. And this is from the mail. BBC Africa editor hired by rapist Jakub Ahmed's lawyers to give evidence in his appeal to block his deportation. Um, so it's, again, you have the, the BBC being involved um, in this and it, it shows kind of where the media lie. And it just in case people's eyes weren't open to the mainstream media, this this shows that they are actually involved in trying to yep. stop a rapist being deported. It's crazy. And this is just another reason well, I will never, ever, ever contribute to the BBC by having a TV license. I cancelled my license, TV license a couple of years ago. I'll stick to non-mainstream sources, um, of news occasionally I'll have a little look on a website here and there just to have a laugh and see what insanity they're coming out with but you know someone Andy is an absolutely brilliant journalist yes. he's he's a wonderful journalist and he gets to the bottom of things and he's you know and he he really goes and investigates things um he's an absolutely brilliant journalist and uh you know I, you just can't trust the BBC or any of those mainstream um outlets Hundred percent. Um, let just finish. Just I'll show this. Uh, let me see if this actually works this time. Uh, just to remind viewers, they can uh, come along if you're in London. Obviously, if you're the Warren Posse stateside, then it would be a bit of a, a trek for you to come. Uh, but if you're here, then it would be great to see you out with Andrew Bridgen uh, and with Carl Benjamin. Uh, will it work? Yeah, it will work. There you go. Eventually got to work. Um, 
Hearts of Oak 15 for 15% off. It'd be great to see you. It's up on our Twitter and everywhere else. Um, they're, what they're, they're, let, let me just leave you with these comical uh, pictures and memes that I had seen. This was the first one. Just uh, remember that it is, uh, well, it's after Thanksgiving. Uh, but here was one meme that caught my eye. And it was, no, sweetie pie, we didn't kill the turkey. It committed suicide. Uh, I'll let you. And actually, there's a oh, there's a great Breitbart article we can't even touch on about the connection with uh, with Epstein and Bill Gates. That's a whole other, I think there are two books coming out on it. Um, so much on that. And here was the other one that caught my eye. Uh, let me see if I can bring this up. And then we will let you all get on with your lovely day evening and it was this here we go my posts aren't targeted anyone specific but if you feel offended i'm glad i could reach <laughs> one person um i'll have to share that one <laughs> <laughs> okay so um lilani always so good uh, having you on i see that there are um how many there are thirteen thousand on wow. rumble uh, and there are nine and a half on Getter. Um, so thank you so much to Warren Posse for, for joining us and everywhere else. Um, Lilani, thank you. And, and people can obviously catch you. Twitter is the best place to find you, is it? Yeah, Twitter is the best place. I've, uh, I mean, I'm on as Lani Dowd on Instagram, but, you know, I've, I've been thrown off. I can't use my real name. I just you know, post some horses and stuff on there. <laughs> it's really quite boring on my Instagram now. Some nice pictures. Uh, I gave up on that one. I don't want to lose my account again. So, yeah, mainly I'm on Twitter. Um, I'm sure I'll be back with Mark Stein when he's in better health. Um, but I think, you know, he's he's taken a break from the pod, uh, the, the, t- the shows and his his podcast at the moment. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'm just on, I'm on Twitter for now. Yes, we're praying for Mark to get back quickly, health improve, and, and get back doing what he does best, educating the public. So, um, Lani, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And thank you all to Warren Posse and everyone else watching. We'll be back with you on uh, on Monday. I'm trying to say, oh, we've got Dwight Schultz with us on Monday, uh, my childhood hero. Uh, joining us, he's done five podcasts so far on Podbean, heartsofoak.podbean.com, and he'll be joining us for actually his first video interview in like 10 years, uh, discussing the podcast and what else he's been up to. So tune in uh, for Dwight Schultz aka Howling Mad Murdoch on Monday. And on that, I'll wish you a wonderful rest of your day, evening, wherever you are, however you're watching. Thank you so much for joining us. I will see you Monday. If you like what we do, sign up to our mailing list. Donate, share, and subscribe to our many platforms at heartsofoak.org. Thank you for listening.